Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Calvin and David to talk about our cup exit to Brora and we chat a little bit about the future of the football club. I don't even have the words for last night. I mean, Gordon, David, Calvin, anything? Um, I think the, the only way you can describe it, um, to put it simply, is the worst ever result in our history. And, um, you know, I think when statements like that are made, people inevitably will roll their eyes and go, that there must be another result somewhere that's more embarrassing than that. But in actual fact, no, you can go through right through back to 1874 from when Hearts first kicked the ball and you will not find a more embarrassing result than that. Um, I said before the game, jokingly, it would be the most embarrassing result in the, the club's history and that people would have to walk and all this sort of thing, not actually believing that we were going to lose the game. I was convinced, you know, I thought we'd turn up, you know, maybe win 2-3-0 or something. I expected Cove to have a go. You know, I, I didn't think for that, sorry, Cove, why am I saying Cove? Brora. I expected Brora to have a go and make it make it tough for us. Um, flashbacks to Cove Rangers, actually, in the League Cup. But even Levine's team managed to beat them. Um, but no, I mean, he expected them to have a go. It was a cup tie um, under the lights. So, you know, it was always maybe going to be a difficult evening in the sense that you would win 2-0 or, or maybe even 3-0. You know, the resistance would eventually break. They would run out of steam and you would score a few more goals and, and make it a comfortable evening. Um, but as soon as I, I seen the team, you know, and the fact that we just, you know, continued with our usual formation, the two holding midfielders playing one up front, and you think, that you, you know, as an opposition manager, and, and I read the, the Brora uh, Rangers manager um, saying that they were asking championship teams for uh, videos on hearts and all this sort of thing. You don't need to watch many videos of Hearts to know how to beat them because they play the same way every single week. Just stick a ball in behind and have a pacey striker and you will be in. And it does not matter if you are a Highland League player or a Champions League player. Football is a very simple game. And if you play against a really poor side, you will exploit them. And the fact of the matter is we have a manager who's so one-dimensional and does not know how to... You know, basically the difference between a Highland League team and a championship team. And that's the worrying thing for me. Um, this isn't just an isolated incident, isn't it? An isolated result. It's the it's one of many, you know. The, the fact that it's the same manager now who's overseen our most uh, pathetic and embarrassing European performance and result to now our most embarrassing result full stop is extremely worrying. You know, then you, you have the, the cup exit to Alawa this season as well. You add that into the mix. Um, there's been more than a, a few questionable results in the championship. And you factor all that in. And for me, he's just, you know, he's overstayed his welcome. And it's now up to the the board to, to finally show some responsibility rather than just, you know, leaking a, a, a tepid news story to the evening news. I saying, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're we watch the game closely and we're considering our options. You're not considering your options because the fact of the matter is Craig Levine took too long to be sacked. We waited until it was too late, took then seven weeks to appoint his successor. By this point, we're bottom of the league. 
we can talk about COVID all we want. We've we've mentioned that plenty of times. And Mrs. Budge got away with that one. Now it is our turn to a, a fresh a, fle- a fresh slate to go um to start again and, and try and right a few wrongs. Well, unfortunately, we're just heading down the same path again. And that right away means that we've got to question the board because clearly they're not up to the job. She's not up to the job. Robbie Nielsen's not up to the job. The football club is in the wrong hands. And unfortunately, we'll just continue to to continue on this merry-go-round until, who knows, you know, we, we might end up spending a, a longer period of time in the championship. Maybe not this season, but you bet your bottom dollar we'll probably end up back there. Do we underestimate teams or is it just the fact that Broda played well or are we just shite? <laughs> well, I mean, do you really need an answer to that one, Ross? It's pretty obvious. We're pretty much just shite. I mean, I think in the context of things, when you take the fact that Broda hadn't played a professional game for what were going on nearly three months, they'd had one preseason game and five training sessions before the game. Could it be the, mo- the biggest, cup defeat, uh, biggest cup shock in Scottish Cup history? I mean, in the context, it could well be, could well easily be one of the biggest shocks in Scottish football. It was just an embarrassing performance from start to finish. And people can talk about, oh, you know, Gary McKay, Stephen played well. He put a few balls into the box. Very good. It doesn't matter if you can put balls in the box. If there's no one good enough to head them in the back of the net, then it doesn't matter. And he's not showed up for the first three months he was here anyway. So that's irrelevant. He only shows up when we're playing a Highland League team by the looks of it. I mean, Broder, Broder played really well. You can't deny that of them. They, they, they deserved their, their, their victory and their, their route through to the third round. Um, but by goodness, didn't we give them a helping hand on their way? Basically gifted them um, their, their two goals. And, you know, Gordon and I said this before uh, before we came on, and that when a, a, a team, a bigger team scores against a weird team to get it back on level terms in a cup match, you think, well, OK, well, that'll be them. They'll go and get their, their, their winning goal. They'll go and get a couple and they'll, they'll write them off. When, when Hart scored, I thought, Do you know what? We'll concede again because it's just hearts. You just you could just had a feeling that no point at one all did I think I will go and win this. Um, so I mean, at least I got one thing right in my head. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I just imagine the reaction if there was two and a half thousand hearts fans that travelled to Broda. I mean, I don't even have had that anyway. The way this season's body gone, but say there was a thousand or fifteen hundred hearts fans that had made the long trip north to Broda Rangers for that game. Imagine the reaction. He would have had to sack him on the spot. I reckon because he wouldn't have survived the, the trip down. And I thought his interview after the game yesterday was quite embarrassing because he was talking about how uh, these players, you know, this, this has still got a team that, you know, this was relegated last season. Uh, and, and there's still elements of that in the squad that need to be that need to be rectified and we need to change that. Well, I'm sorry, but he's been in the job since June and July and surely he would have seen this if he actually bothered caring. But no, no, he kept his pals, Berra and the rest of them all playing throughout this whole season trying to make up, trying to get away with the fact that, you know, we'll get through the championship and then we'll rebuild again next season. You can't pull the wool over Hearts fans' eyes anymore. They might have got away with it a few years ago, but we're sick of this shite now of uh, 10 transfers in a window, nine of them being crap. How he's still in a job, I I, I don't know. And people can say this is a knee-jerk reaction, but this this has been building up from since since he joined, because, well, since he rejoined, because there was a lot of people who were quite, disappointed and didn't really have much of a feeling towards Robbie Nielsen when he re-signed and rightly so um, because of everyone knew that the last 12 months of his first tenure were pretty eye-bleeding, was pretty eye-bleeding stuff um, so he wasn't going to be given much leeway from Hearts fans and uh, people and all it took was well, I, I was going to say all it was going to take was a few poor results 
he was having them, and, and this is really just should be the, the nail in his managerial coffin at Hearts. Calvin, is there, is there any way back for Robbie Nielsen now? No. No, there's not. It's, it just <laughs> doesn't. Sorry, but you can't lose. You can't get put at the cup by Alwa and Broader Rangers the same season and survive at football club like Hearts. You just can't. Or you shouldn't. Sorry, you can because we've got an absolute inept board who are incapable of making a decision. Who just will just piss about. Even if they this thing, even if they sack him tomorrow, right, or today or whenever, they'll fuck about till the end of the season and they'll do nothing. And then they'll appoint another Robbie Nielsen copycat. Or they might just appoint Levine again, because that's apparently how we do things nowadays. Even the people I know who would support the manager beyond all reasonable doubt have turned on him. You just can't. It's, I think what David said about being the biggest shock in the Scottish Cup, on paper it arguably is. In reality, it's not. Like we, Everyone's sort of semi-joking about it before. Could this happen? Could it really happen? Could we go out to Broder? Nobody done that with it. And I think the only other one I can think of in my lifetime that would come close is Celtic and not it by Clyde. But nobody seriously entertained the thought of Clyde knocking Celtic out before that game. There was a lot of Hearts fans and probably media pundits last night who jokingly talked about it, but seriously thought, well, if Hearts play like they, they, they're capable of playing this season, then there is a chance that Bora could knock us out. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, even the word. It's beyond that. I, I don't. I just don't know how to describe it. Like, it's not even as if we went and took a gamble on the youths and narrowly got beat. Like, that was a strong team we put out last night. A crap team, but a strong team nonetheless. Like, the majority of those players will start. Over half of them will start the next game. Right. So it's not as if he played the youths. The thing about Gary McKay, Stephen putting a few good balls, in, he should be beating that team single-handedly. It's a fucking Highland League side who haven't played in five months or three months or whatever it's been. doesn't even matter. And David said, this has just been pedantic on my part, they've not played a professional game in three months. They've not played a professional game ever. They're no professional football side. It's the Covenant Hearts going to get beaten off Sunday at Clemston Park. It's an absolute joke. And it's... He's supposed to be a manager and his, his interview last night was just so... It's, he's lost, he's out of his depth he just doesn't know what to do and anybody else done that bad in their job done I, I, something as bad and as costly as that, they would lose their job any other football managers no, nobody would question, and that sums up because anytime a manager gets sacked, the media always question oh, Cobb's too soon to sack somebody and other managers, nobody could question that today, no Hearts fan would sit there and go, maybe we've reacted too quickly, because it's not a one-off you know, if you know, everyone just goes, oh, well, we're 16 points clear at the top of the championships. Like, we're not, we're 10. And we're only 10 points clear on the basis that everyone else is absolute dog shit as well, right? We're just slightly less dog shit because we've got a player like Craig Gordon and a player like Liam Boyce. But you take Craig Gordon out of that side that we've been saying for this entire season on this podcast, you take Gordon at the side and we're below, we're just terrible. And that, again, sums up last night. Would we have lost with Gordon in goals? Probably not, right? But that's not to play, you can't pin everyone on the goalkeeper because everyone was crap. But that shouldn't be happening. And let's say we're only top because of because of the league we're in, not because we're any good. And we can't point to them doing all right in the league because the last the recent results since since that cup final, the running results has been abysmal. We've ground out the odd win, and I've emphasised the word ground out the odd win to sort of keep the gap far enough apart that I don't think we'll get caught. But all it would have taken was done firm and a wraith to get their act together a wee bit better than they are and we'd be in there for an half season. I think Gordon's point about us going back down is absolutely bang on. If we go up with him, 
because he's lost the fans. Like the second the fans are back in, he's going to get absolute pillars. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there's fans outside Tynecast on Saturday. Now I know you're not meant to, and I'm not telling anybody to go and do it, but it just wouldn't surprise me at this at this stage because feelings are so high. But yeah, to answer your original point, no. How did we get to this point, though? Like, how did this? How how did how did we become the banter club? We've literally became the banter club of Scottish football. It was Rangers. It was Hibs. It's, it's now definitely us, isn't it, Gordon? Yeah, of course it is. Um, it's the board. It's, uh, you know, it starts from the top. You know, um, if you allow mediocrity to to step into a football club, particularly a big football club, it spreads its way right through everywhere very, very quickly. And we've seen it happen at big clubs. You know, what I mean, not not just in Scotland, but in in England, all over the world. You know, it's, it can easily happen. But our board, unfortunately, um, has proved time and time again that it's just not up to the job. Um, you know, all this crap about how we, we hear them preaching that we're going to be the, the largest fan-owned football club in the, in the country and all this nonsense. Well, we're not going to be fan-owned because the fact of the matter is we don't give a toss about the supporters. We're just seen as cash cows who line up and will do anything that the that the club does. We'll always remain loyal. We'll always support. And we will, you know, the good old Hearts fans, we'll dig, dig in at our pockets and we'll, you know, we'll help the club. We'll rally around. Well, I'm sorry, but no more. We'll be sitting here, you know, just saying the same thing again. The manager should have been sacked after Brora Rangers, right? But instead, you know, we're sitting here, we've had a disaster start to the season and we're in our relegation battle and we've signed X amount of players in the summer, wasted even more money. It's just it's just the same old, same old. You know what I mean? She was quick enough to get rid of Cathro, which he deserved to go at the time, absolutely. But then she stuck too long with Levine and then she's quick enough to get rid of Stendhal. So what, what makes Levine and Nielsen a bulletproof compared to Stendhal and Cathro? It's the old pals act. Simple as that. It's because she's because she likes both of them. Simple as that. It, it's and that right away is neglection of our duty. Simple as that because she's not there to be you know a, a defend our old pals and give them a good old job. Right. That is not her job. Her job is to make sure Hartman Lothian are successful football club. A football club, not a business. Not having restaurants number one on TripAdvisor and all this nonsense, right? That is not the objection of Heart of Melodian Football Club. It's to be in Europe and competing for trophies, not getting beat off Highland League sides. And Mrs. Budge has let this happen. This club has become so soft, and it's not the club I recognise, the club I grew up supporting. It's lost its identity and it's lost its soul. And unfortunately, nothing is going to change anytime soon. We can bring all the directors of football in we want, sporting directors and, you know, Jim Jeffries and Gary Locke can be club ambassadors all they want. doesn't matter. It's all irrelevant. Nothing's going to change until, uh, you know, there's a big change at the top. I have to say, though, that that, that Skyline restaurant is quite good, Gordon. Yeah, they, they do a slap-up meal. But, uh, like I said, so does the Gorgie Fish Bar. It's irrelevant. At the end of the day, you know, their job is to serve pizzas where... Hearts' job is to get three points on a Saturday. And unfortunately, one's doing their job and that's not hard with Lothian. Uh, when you see polls on things like Jambo's kickback, we've done one ourselves, when 80-90% is in favour of what, you know a manager to be sacked, that's when you know. And um, Mrs Budge, quite simply, is only ruining her own credibility. Not that she has much left for the majority of the Hearts fans, and if we're being honest, but there still will be people there that will back her to the hill. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you know it's her fault, 
Um, and she's got to start making, you know, a tone for it. Otherwise, she should leave. And, you know, we've got the Foundation of Hearts there. What is the objective of the Foundation of Hearts? That's what I'd like to know. You know, they're, they're quick enough to take everyone's money every month with their direct debits. And unfortunately, we're in a spiral now where, you know, people are just like, oh, well, it's hearts, eh? <laughs> you know, oh, we expect these things to happen. Defeat to Brona Rangers, and, you know, and it's it's disgraceful. You know, it's an absolute disgrace. And, uh, you know, I really do fear for, for the football club over the next uh, next few years, because I think um, if you look back over Mrs. Budge's tenure in full, um, you could argue it's probably be one of the worst periods in the club's history. Is there, a, is there too many yes-men? You know, people being her pal are completely skewing her, her thoughts and her, and her decision-making at the end of the day. And when that's starting to happen, when you're one of the highest up people in the football club, then I'm afraid your time's up uh, because you can't really make any rational thoughts anymore because you keep giving people too, many ta- too much time, you keep giving them the benefit of the doubt. We, we've went over that countless times with Levine, he was given about 35 benefit of the doubts. And I think if we keep going in this way, Nielsen will be getting just as many, or if not even more. Because at the end of the day, she, she gave him a pass this season at the start because she said, you know, at the end of the day, we'll get back up and then we'll take it from there. Well, you can get back up all you like. Hearts fans would be expecting to get back up. He could have won the league by 30 points for all we bloody care about. But as, as Calvin rightly said, if you're getting beat by teams who are part, both teams who are part-time in both of the major domestic cup tournaments, then you do not deserve to be manager of this football club. It wouldn't surprise me, and I've, I've heard and I've seen uh, people say this already, whether it be on Kickback, Facebook, Twitter, and whatever, that people will stop cancelling, that people will start cancelling their, their direct debits to Foundation Hearts because they need to get the message across that this isn't acceptable. And I don't think that makes you any less of a fan, as people will may, may, that may say, uh, because, you know, you, you do what you think is best for the club, and they're making your point across is to stop giving the club money, then, then, then fair enough. I wouldn't be surprised if he's still in charge next season the season tickets completely fall through the floor. And, and rightly so, because who the hell would pay 500 quid to watch that shite? Seriously. I know I certainly won't be if he's still there. And, and, and neither would any other Rational Hearts fan. So, um, yeah, we are in real trouble if there isn't change in the next three to six months. And change, I mean, from the top, we're in trouble already because the manager has not already emptied his desk after last night. You know, we could get rid of the manager, but is there deep-rooted problems here, like Gordon said? Is, is, there, is it more than just the manager? Does, does there need to be an overhaul all over the club? Yeah, 100%. I'm going to go through a wee, it's not a tangent, but a wee list of results that have happened in the last six years that I would consider to be up there with the worst results in the club's history, culminating last night, which is undoubtedly the worst result in history. You start with Bukakara, right? a part-time group of Maltese farmers who knocked us out of Europe. Right? You then follow that up with a defeat at Peterhead away, Right, I've, I've never seen Hearts lose to a team as low as Peterhead, knocked us out of the League Cup, effectively. That was the one she did act on, though. She sacked Cathro after that. Well, he got the next game, lost that and got sacked. You've then got a draw away to East Fife in the League Cup. That's previous one thing. Nearly lost that game. Narrowly, lost, na- narrowly scraped a draw to get us through the League Cup campaign that year. You've got um, a defeat to Allo in the League Cup in the earlier end of the League Cup, which is unacceptable. You've got last night, which is awful. Even some of the games we've won, a question, I mean, a 2-1 home win against second division Stenhouse Muir last season that we only got through because of a couple of last-minute goals. A draw away for, a draw away to Wraith Rovers when they were in the first, sorry, League One. So that's just over the course of period. I don't remember any time in Vladimir Romanov's time in charge that any results like that happened. 
we had, of course, we had the odd shocking result in the league, right? I mind mean, us getting absolutely tanked off Dundee United once and people were raging and can't remember exactly, but Vlad probably did pump the manager after that because that's what he tended to do. But the, these results, every single one of those results under the previous regime would have seen the manager gone. I have no doubt in my mind. This is before we can get the two absolute horrendous Hibs cup ties, back-to-back seasons we were knocked out by Hibs, one of which we were 2-0 up in and Hibs were in the league below us. Every single one of those results would have seen the previous manager sacked, gone. Right, the, the the league cup campaigns have been a disaster. We've every single, even the ones we've got through, they've been incredibly tough to get through against. Nine times out of ten, league one and two opposition, and that's just not acceptable. And the, these, it kind of just sums up what the club is because these results are never acted on. It's never acted on until it's too late. Levine should have been gone. I mean, he should have been gone about five times in his tenure. And she only finally acted on him after after he got a quarter of a season in which we won one game away at Hibs. That doesn't count. It's away at Hibs, right? So he's... And then she took nine other... Was it nine games? Some will probably know, but I mean, nine or ten games to then appoint Stendhal. So half a season with Levine or his assistant in charge. And then th- this will be the same again with Nielsen. Like, th- this should... I mean, he should resign, in all honesty. Like, he should stand there today and go... That, that's, and if she rejects his resignation and that's that's off him that it's not his his choice to make anymore but she won't and we'll be in the same situation next year but if we get up we'll have a terrible start because she'll be too scared to sack him because she won't know who to appoint because I, I think that's been our biggest problem is she doesn't she doesn't like making a decision like that because she then has to appoint a manager it's not something she's used to it's not something she's had to do I think that was why she stuck on Levine for so long I think that's probably why she tried to hope McPhee would turn it around for so long as well so she could just give him it till the end of the season then regroup in the summer um, but she'll not and what worries me I was speaking to one of my friends about this earlier is you look at some of the managers out I'm not going to particularly get into names now I'm assuming we'll come on that later on but we will sit around with Nielsen in charge even though we can all see where it's going she must be able to see where it's going she's no like for all we can slate on her she's no daft like, she's not an idiot she's a very successful businessman she's a very clever woman and she can see where this is going because we can all see it so she can as well and we'll sit around and somebody, some of these managers that are floating around right now will get picked up by other Scottish clubs, Scottish clubs that we should probably be finishing above, right? And then they'll finish above us next season and we'll sit there and go, why do we not go for him after we sack Nielsen after 11 games next season when we're sitting in second bottom? The same, the same thing happened after Cathro. Steve Clark went to Kilmarnock. We fucked about for four or five weeks pretending we are going to appoint Steve McLaren and just appointed Craig Levine instead. And Steve Clark went on to finish three seasons above us with Kilmarnock, got them into Europe and then got the Scotland job. So... Yes, there is a massive problem. And it, it, it's not the, these terrible results I've listed off have happened under four different managers. Well, sorry, the same manager has been at two different spells. So, under four different managerial spells, three different managers. And that's at that point, you can't just say it's the manager's fault. You have to go, well, there is something wrong at the club because it's been six years of decline. We, we got back up, we got third, and then every single season it's been marginally worse, marginally worse until we got relegated again. That's not how a club like Hart should be operating. It's not been a short period of time as well. It's been, let's say, when did we get promoted? 2015. So first half of 2015, we were actually quite good. And then we got knocked out by Hibs. And then it was eye-bleeding stuff. And then we bottled second place that year. So we could have got second that year. I know it's a long time ago now, but we, we could have. It was there for the take. And Aberdeen weren't interested. And then the season after that, we got a Nielsen and it's all history from there. But it's just, it's been five or six seasons of drops where every single year you just can't, you get to a point in the season you can't be bothered going anymore. 
And I know that if we were able to go to games right now, this would be the point I'd be at right now. I would just be like, oh, just I go to the pub on a Saturday. Because it's just shit. I didn't even bother tuning into the game on Saturday against Star Prof because I knew how it would go. Didn't bother trying to look for a stream. Didn't bother even check. I didn't really check the score. I had a barbecue because the weather was all right and just forgot it even happened. And, you know, I, I, I'm like in the same boat as you guys. I go every single week home and away normally. And it's... I just can't be bothered. I'm even contemplating the season ticket issue. I know I'll renew because I'm an idiot and that's just what what I'll end up doing. But it's it's just tough. And that that's the board all over. That's the club to the core now. It's just yeah, it's still acceptable. Is that a potential problem then for the club? Will, will fans, will us, will we um potentially just decide, no, we're not gonna get our season ticket next season? I think it, it it might take something as drastic as that, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm like Calvin as well, you know, go all over the country and, you know, I mean, it's never it's never going to be a, a fabulous ride watching Hearts. You, you know what you're kind of expecting. You know, they'll always give you mere shite than good days. But, you know, it just feels like now that, you know, the shite just outweighs the good by an incredible amount. You know, it's... Like I said before, you know, that the club's lost its identity, you know, it's lost its soul and it's, um, I don't know, I mean, it, I think it can easily turn people away from going to the match. Um, you know, even when we were doing all right, you know, you would watch games and stuff like that and, and obviously Hearts are a community club and they would they would always, you know, look after the community, but they went through a spell where, um, and I understand why they've done it because they're, you know, they want to try and get more kids to, to the match and stuff like that. But they went through a stage where they were just giving like free tickets away to people who clearly didn't support the club and they would station them right behind the goal and then Hearts would score a goal and like you would just see these people just sitting there. They wouldn't stand up and celebrate. And that, that used to piss me off. And that just that actually epitomised where the club is. That's fine. I don't mind family-friendly atmospheres, but this is a football club that has an identity. It's part of a, a city. It's part. It's got its soul, and I feel it's been ripped out by the the current ownership, who doesn't get what the club is all about. It's pathetic. It really is. You know, she she came out and says that it's a three-year plan and all this sort of thing. Um, I don't think she's got three years. I just, I mean, we've wasted enough time now watching utter shite. Even when we were in the top flight, you know, apart from last season, but you, you knew where it was going because the writing was on the wall that, you know, we hadn't won a home game in about six months going into that season. Um, you know, we, I think we, we, the Motherwell game must have been the fourth game of the season or something. That followed, um, that was after the, the, the home games against Ross County and Hamilton, two sides who you'd expect to be at the bottom of the league who should have beat us but we somehow scraped two draws against them at home. The writing was on the wall. We go beat to Motherwell, and the fans are at the gates. You know what I mean? The, the, the pitchforks are out. And what does she do? She turns around and says, I think he's doing a really good job. Now, that right there is condescending of the highest order. It's a slap in the face of sports. So you're telling the, support, the, the fans that they're wrong and they don't have a clue. That's effectively what she said there and then. So then we wasted even more time got to October, end of October, a defeat to St. Johnston, and eventually she sees the fans. And, and you know, normally we take a couple of thousand at St. Johnston. I think around 300 went that night. And every single one of them were absolutely seething. And they were shouting time to go. And that's when she finally acted. 
because you knew ultimately there was a semi-final coming up and then, you know, it was the business end of the season. But instead of getting somebody in right away, you know, takes seven weeks to appoint Stendhal and then the rest is history, as they say. And I think the guy deserved a, a chance to keep the club up. You know, I, I wouldn't blame him for the relegation. Um, although maybe Robbie Nielsen was slightly alluding to, I'm not sure about his comments yesterday where he was saying, you know, the relegation was still lingering over the team. I think that's nonsense. You know, he's been in charge for, what, seven or eight months now. Um, you know, I get what he means when, when he says that a club only won, you know, four, home, uh, four games out of 30 or something like that. Aye, fair enough. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a different squad. You know, there's more of his signings in that squad now than there was players that's there last year. So I think that's um, I think that's an easy scapegoat to use. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the club will be right back in the championship if they continue down this road. And that's that, that's the sad part. It's not going to be like the last championship season where next season, you know, we come straight up and, and finish third. That's just not going to happen. You know, you're, you're faithfully needing an entire new squad. You need an entire new defence because the defence are a disgrace for a start. Um, you know, we keep keep getting told about this academy, you know, how we've, we've invested millions of pounds in our academy and, you know, we've set up partnerships with schools so our academy graduates will get the best education as well. It's all nonsense because who, apart from Andy Irvin, who's, <laughs> here's another, you know, a youth graduate who's... Uh, Who's decided he's not sticking about? He's away. Why? Why would? You, why would he sign a new contract now? Why would he want to remain part of this crap? I didn't blame him for a start. wanting a move. Um, he's he was the only one that that you look through that team of the academy graduates who start. There's Cal Morrison, right? Scored again for Falkirk at the weekend. I said in the summer that Hart should have kept him, right? And uh, because I, I think you know he's. He, 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 I'm not saying that he was going to come in and set the place alight, but he would do a hell of a better job than the crap that, that Nielsen's brought in. You know, Nielsen's brought in, what, four or five wingers, and every single one of them haven't got anywhere near the stats that Callum Morrison has. You know, try to tell me he wouldn't have done a job last night. Of course he would have. You know what I mean? And then he's, he's loaned out Harry Cochran and, and got rid of Anthony McDonald, you know, young players who I feel that could have done in and done a job in the, in the, in the team, certainly a lot better than the dross he's brought in. You know, it was a perfect opportunity for us to bleed these youngsters in and sign players here and there and try and get a bit of identity to the squad. But instead, we've just went down the same route as we did with Levine, signing utter dross who aren't fit enough to wear the shirt. Some And, and again, are on a hell of a lot of huge money. You know, I mean, people say it's the fourth biggest budget. It's not it's the third biggest budget. Didn't be, didn't be fooled by that. We're paying our players more than Aberdeen are. So, I mean, they can sweep under the carpet all they want. But the, the clubs, you know, under Mrs. Budge for the entire, um, apart from, you know, the championship season, the first time um, has been a failure every single year. Um, like Calvin says, I agree with him completely. And I've said it on this show plenty of times that we should have finished second that year and more importantly, won the cup. That would have been a, an incredible, you know, you, you, you imagine where the club would have went if that had actually ha- happened. Um, you know, it would have rode that kind of momentum. I think the Hibs game, stopped that momentum in its tracks and then ever since then it's just went absolutely downward um so you know we, we missed our opportunity because you know rangers were weak at the time and hibs weren't even in the league and aberdeen weren't that great you know we missed we missed our opportunity to cement our places you know celtics challengers and i'm not saying at any point we would have you know broke them but you know they didn't actually appoint rogers until um you know, uh, Rangers kind of came up. Um, you know, you almost feel like there, there was an opportunity when they had Dyla there that 
the Hearts could have maybe strengthened and had a real go at them, but we didn't. And um, and I'm not, you know, but even then, you know, even if we managed to do that, you would build a squad who would keep getting better. You know, you just add to it here and there, bits and pieces. You know, you had graduates coming through, you know, guys like Callum Patterson, who, you know, in my opinion, Hearts could have sold him for a lot of money. But instead, they let his contract run down and he left for, for next to nothing, for a development fee. Um, and you just question the sign-in, do you know what I mean? I mean, there's Kyle Lafferty, they sold Kyle Lafferty Rangers. I would never have sanctioned that deal. I would have told Rangers to leg it. doesn't matter how much he, he wanted to go um, because ultimately the guy had scored 20 goals, you know, and then we, we've let him go. He then gets released. There's an opportunity to bring him back. We don't do it. You know, it's just, it's just things like that that just... You know, there's no logic to what we do. You know, other, other clubs are just run. Look at St. Johnston, for example. You know what I mean? They've won two trophies and, uh, you know, finishing the top six something like eight times or something like that since 2010. You know what I mean? And that's a club who, um, you know, can't even fill a stand. And and, and, you, and you look at them and how, how is that happening? And then we're in, the, we're in the championship for the second time in five years. And, and that right away just shows you that the club's been badly mismanaged for a long time. Um, and you know the 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 silence is deafening. It really is. Yeah, you're right, Gordon. I mean, you look at you, you look at clubs like St Johnston, even Livingston over the the past few seasons, clearly run better than us, and they can't even they've they've, they've got hardly any fans. They've they've got no basis to be there, but somehow they're there. It's an utter disgrace when you think about it. I mean, do, do you think Stendhal was the fall guy for last season? Yeah, I mean, I certainly didn't. Was uh, quite disappointed when we, we we rushed to get him out as quickly as, as Mrs. Budge uh, did. Um, I know there was a there was a clause in his contract that said if we got relegated, he was free to leave. But I think it's pretty well documented that the only reason he knew he'd left because he got told by his pal who was watching Sky Sports News um, that told him that he'd been uh, he'd been relieved of his duties. So <laughs> there's a there's a lack of professionalism at this club which uh, I think Anne Budge seems to think that she so highly regards herself as being one of the most professional people uh, in her role, um, the irony of that. And, you know, right, I mean, you were talking about her three-year plan there. I mean, I'm sure she's had a five-year plan. She's had more plans than I've had hot dinners, and they've all been a fucking disaster. She's an embarrassment. It was the five-year plan at the start. Now it's the three-year plan. I can't wait to hear for the two-year plan, the one-year plan, the six-month plan. She needs a day-to-day plan to get through her bloody job. Uh, and I would have loved to have seen Stendhal have a crack at the championship this season because it would have been, A, a lot more exciting than the shite we're watching this season. B, we probably, well, we most definitely would have got through the second round against a bunch of part-time jobbers up in next to nowhere up north um, who haven't played a game in fucking months. And as, good, as Calvin rightly said, not even a professional game, basically a bounce game in the park. Uh, and we would have went up this season, going into the premiership with optimism. But all you feel, all you, you know now, watching Hearts, you all you have to develop a pessimistic mindset because you're built for it now. You're built for defeat after defeat in the top flight because we've watched it for the past, let's be honest, the past three years, we've seen more defeats than anything else. Um, I mean, the, the, the Hearts developed a soft touch around 2016 and I can't ex- precisely put my finger on when or exactly the turning point was, but you, did, you certainly felt that Hearts lost their edge and they Money lost an in replay after throwing away a two-goal lead against him. Yeah, that, that was probably it. And uh, it definitely became a soft touch. We, we we lost any sort of backbone that Hearts were quite, uh, that we as fans were wanted to have and, and were quite used to having 
especially under the Romanov era. Uh, and, and people may have not enjoyed that, that era of hearts, but you can certainly say that um, any mistake was pretty much had a, had a ruthless action towards it and they weren't given a second chance. I'll tell you what, if you have a job under Mrs. Budge, you won't be given a second chance. You might as well have had fucking five. You can have as many lives as a cat because you'll get away with murder uh, under her stewardship. So, um, yes. Coming back to this about Stendhal, okay. I mean, you talk about the five lives thing. Stendhal wasn't given five lives. Right, Kathy well, wasn't given five it. lives. Well, that's it. But you have to be, a, obviously, you have to be your pal first. Um, uh, and and she, she was quite happy. I mean, she probably got um, swayed by the, 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 the papers with uh, Stendhal and being like, oh, you know, he's a mad German that has no idea about Scottish football. You know, he just wants to play the German way. That won't fly here. And she, she must have clearly got swayed by that in her decision-making for bringing back Nielsen. Because, again, he's as pally with the media as everybody else and he gets an easy ride, um, as does Mrs Budge, funnily enough. Um, I, I, I really don't understand why she got rid of Stendhal. No Hearts fan, I don't think, really wanted Stendhal to, to go. Not, not from what I, I, Hearts fans that I knew, that we, that we know anyway. No one was really wanting him to go. Uh, I know that there was... He, could have, he probably could have done better in his short spell at Hearts, but you could argue that he had one transfer window that he signed, he signed Liam Boyce. I mean, you could argue that's a success in its own. More successful than most other transfer windows Hearts have had in the past five years. Um, so it, it, it does baffle me, but you know, you have you, you get to the point now where you just can't even question the decisions being made at Hearts because there is there is no basis on them anymore. They happen and you can't you can't fathom as to why. You just have to kind of just go, oh, okay, well, there's another mad one. And uh, that's the way it has been and that's the way it will be uh, as long as the... The hierarchy is the way it is. David, you talked about plans there. I mean, Calvin, Calvin, what should the plan be now? I mean, the short term is obviously replace the manager. That should be the, the short term plan. The longer to medium term plan has got to be actually to hand the club over to the fans, finally, and get fans far more involved because I think obviously things have happened this year that, that have sort of taken that a bit out of our hands in terms of handing things over and whatnot. But it's, I'm trying to actually think, it's a lot like longer term, it's got to be that. It's got to be getting over to, to the fans, let the fans have a, a sort of more of a say because I don't know any Hearts fan that doesn't. That, so, what we are saying here, maybe I'm insulated in terms of who I speak to about Hearts, but most Hearts fans broadly agree on the same, the same things that went wrong over the last five years. And it's the same things go wrong every year. Like, I mean, we, we on this podcast after them, um, after the cup final, we were sitting there thinking, looking at the bones of that squad, and we maybe don't have to have one of our summer transfers where we sign twenty-five players, but now we do again because we've done it. In the, we've done it in January. We went and signed a load of players who just, I mean, just aren't good enough again. I think we're actually in a proper transfer strategy. I think I was just thinking about that. Now we we tend to sign players who look really exciting on paper because they were class like Schalke under twenty ones, but then they spend seven years jobbing around the Dutch second division, and then we sign them and go. Oh, they must be class. The reason why they've been jobbing around the Dutch second division for so long is because they're crap. There's obviously something wrong with them. And then they come to us and they're crap, and we're all surprised why they're crap. And then we do the same thing the next transfer window again. Now, having a proper direct to the football in charge hopefully starts to take some of that out of it rather than just having our pal and Y Scout. Um, so that, that's the other sort of longer term plan has to be a proper transfer strategy going forward. Also, as Gordon said about a million times on this, is stop like we can't claim to be a club that promotes youth when we really don't do it. We, we may bring one player in a season and then 
either overplay them at the point they burn out or when they actually look all right, we just let them go and bring in, again, the dross I've just referred to, a player who played all right in the Dutch second division three years ago. Like, And we just... It's not... I mean, she always says plan, but there isn't a plan. There hasn't been a plan. I mean, the, fact, the five-year plan has resulted in us being back to where we were at the start of the five-year plan. The three-year plan worries me because does that mean we're going to be back in the championship in three years? Like, can we just time these relegations on the end of our plans? Well, well I heard it's League One. It's League One next time. I mean, fucking, it wouldn't surprise me the way the way things are going. I didn't think we could ever get lower than some of the lows we've had. And then last night we got beat up Rora Rangers. So here we go. Like, is there is there a bottom to this? Like, could we go full Sunderland? Like, is there? Yes, is there yes, we could. Yeah. So I, I think when, whenever she says plan, I mean, there's been plans off the pitch. Like, we've got a nice new stand that we forgot the seats for. And we've got the number one restaurant, TripAdvisor, which... Apparently does a lovely Easter meal. Don't know if anybody's planning on it for the coming weeks. And but remember, remember, we did host the Edinburgh International um, Festival as well. We did that as well after spending one and a half million pound of fans' money on a brand new pitch that we ruined. So yeah, obviously the plans are great, but it's it's just not got us anywhere. It's just got us bad to where we were. Like I, I just don't know what what's happened. Like you see, we can all go back to that Hibs game. It's probably the sliding doors moment. That's probably the one big moment. I'd, I'd maybe go back a bit earlier in Nielsen's tenure when we got absolutely gubbed off Aberdeen because that was when he changed his his whole tactical approach after that game and that invariably resulted in the Hibs defeat because we're 2 up and instead of 2 up and absolutely gunning for them and instead of going for the jugular, we sat back and let them get back in and the rest is history. But I'm, I mean, I'm just sort of bouncing from bit to bit here. There's not really any joined up. But I'm just that fucking annoyed that... <laughs> That I don't really know because we've said this so many times, but it's not we've said it so many times just this season. It's like it's been said for years, and there is no strategy. The, the long, I mean, the long term strategy was to hand the club over to the fans with a nice new stadium built and all the stuff to, for the fans, then drive it forward and get us to where we hopefully want to be. But the, it resulted in relegation, and it's, I just don't have trust in the stewardship of the club to. To go forward with another plan, should should they be allowed to be in charge of the next three year plan? No, because the last one was an unmitigated disaster, and that's probably what it boils down to. So, so when the club is handed over, should there be a, a process where there's elections, for example? You know, in Spain they have, or in Germany as well, they, they appoint somebody that basically runs the club, and everybody gets to say type thing. Do you think we should go down that model? I think that there's got to be something. There's got to be some level of control. We can't just have a situation where the fans like because. Like, I'm not saying that is anything last night's a need yet. The reaction last night's been coming for ages, but there are some fans out there who, after we lose one game, regardless of how we're playing, will want to manage it out. We can't have a situation where we just have have that. But most fans are quite level-headed. So you, you, do, you need to elect a board, but that board needs to be elected, should be elected every year or maybe two years, depending on the club. And they need to be accountable because this board isn't accountable. It's not accountable to the people who put the money into the club because uh, I know I'm joking about it, but... Spending 1.5 million quid, it's not her money. I know it's also, but she owns the club. It's not her money, it's our money. It's the money that we've put into the club. And she spends our money on a pitch and then hosts a concert for all our rich pals to come along because we didn't make any money. It was free. So we maybe made some money on beer sales and the odd, the odd hot dog, but we didn't make a lot of money on it. So, and then our new pitch is ruined and we're a laughing stock. In Scottish football, again, as we've referred to the banter club, like I always thought with the banter club and the Vlad, but that was just off the pitch, but at least respectable on it. Like, this is just a joke, and it has been for a while. I mean, there's no comeback. Like, I know, fortunately, I'm not going into work at the moment because today would have been torture. I probably would have pulled a sickie, to be honest with you. 
just been able to luckily get more phone calls. But we're the ones that have got to go in and deal with the brunt of this. Have to sit well because there's no you can't come back to somebody slagging you for last night's result, and the board need to be accountable for these decisions, and they're not. If Nielsen was to leave, I mean, who should we go for? Well, I mean, I'd said for a long time, you know, I like somebody outside of the box, and you know, I, I, I thought at the time Daniel Stendel was a good appointment. Um, I think had circumstances been a bit different, I think you know, had he been given a summer to go and build his own squad, I think. There could have been something potentially very exciting, exciting the hearts, and I think that's the general contrast, you know, that um, right man, wrong time. Um, you know, had Mrs. Budge done the honourable thing, and I know Stender wouldn't have been available that summer, but you know, had she sacked Levine and went for somebody a bit different, you know, last season could have been totally different. Um, but I think you know, if he was to go tomorrow, and you were looking at potential candidates to replace him, I think the top two. At the the top of the list would be Alex Neal and um, Derek McInnes. I mean, my pick personally would would be Neal. I think you know um, he's he's still a young manager, but at the same time he's got quite a bit of experience behind him. You know, he's he's obviously managed up here and, and done very well with Hamilton. You look at that Hamilton side where where he took them from the the Championship to the Premiership. I think they were uh, I think they were in the top three before he left, if I remember correctly. You know, they'd even won at Celtic Park and. Um, they'd, they'd done an incredible job there and then to get Norwich promoted um, when I think he was just brought in to kind of keep them up or, or get them away from relegation they ended up going up and, and doing well and then he's went to Preston he's not managed to to get Preston up but you know they, they certainly they weren't they were always knocking on the door of the playoffs you know um, I think he had some problems maybe getting his own team in there and stuff like that and he just couldn't quite get it. but that, that'll be a learning experience for him I think you know he's a similar mold to what Steve Clark is. You know, Clark went down and played his trade in, in England and, you know, he had some success, done well at West Brom and then he had, you know, some some tough times, at, you know, at Redden and things like that. And, you know, I think that, that set him up nicely to come up to Kilmarnock and, and you've seen the job he done up there. And I think, you know, somebody like Alex Neal could do something similar where he could come in at Hearts and, you know, take the club certainly three or four levels above what it is just now, you know. Um, he's already worked with Joe Savage. I think you know. I think it would make sense on a number of levels. You know, if you let him come in and 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 see if he could take the club forward. I think McInnes's record speaks for itself at Aberdeen. Um, you know, but the the only thing you would level at McInnes is quite similar in in the fact what Levine is. You know, Levine was you know similar sort of record. I mean, he could never quite take. And I don't know. Maybe that's just an Aberdeen thing. Maybe that's just that that was their their limitations. He just couldn't take them forward. But he always, you always felt like they they were certainly the bridesmaids. You know, they were always qualifying for Europe, but they were never qualifying to the group stages. They were always getting to sort of like semi-finals and the odd final, but they could they, they couldn't get over the line. And you know, their record in big games was quite poor. So, you know, you who do you label that at? You know, is is it McInnes or is it um is it Aberdeen? So I think there there would maybe still be some the jury would maybe still be out in him. But I think you know if you gave him a free reign to kind of maybe get an opportunity. I think it could go either, you know, two ways. It could be pretty successful and it could get hearts up quickly or, um, you know, it could go a similar way to Levine and Nielsen and certainly going our luck, it'd probably go the, the Nielsen and Levine route. But, um, yeah, I think I think if I was if I was going for one, I'd go for Neil. You know, I think he's he's on paper. I think he's an exciting uh, an exciting manager. I think he, he knows how big a football club it is. 
I think he'd be able to come in and, and he would turn the club round pretty quickly and he would get us up, hopefully battling for Europe quite quickly, I think. But um, but who who knows, you know what I mean? I mean, I, just, I don't trust the football club to make any decent decisions, so I won't hold my breath. It's interesting what you say about McInnes. I mean, he came in to Aberdeen probably at a similar time to where, you know, hearts are now sort of thing. When he came into Aberdeen, they were, you know, languishing, struggling to get into the top six, you know. Hearts are in a similar boat. I mean, but then the, the big question, I think, David, for, for him and for, you know, Hearts would be, you know, could he come in and do it, do it again? Could he come in and rebuild that? Does he want that type of job? Mm, um, I think, do you know what, I think he maybe would because, you know, he, well, he has had a similar job at Aberdeen since he kind of got them back up to the top end of the table and that every season... He's pretty much lost, or every season or every two seasons, he's pretty much lost one of his best players and has had to replace him in one way or another. Um, and, I, and I think it hurts. But if he were to, because we're, we're under no illusion that if we do go up next season, we're, we're, we're a bottom six team at the moment. There's there's no two doubts about it um, with, with that squad. So I think he'd have to he'd have to to reassemble it in a way. And you know, as as you mentioned, he's got a previous history of doing so. And he's managed to, season on season, when he's lost one of his big players, he's managed to replace them, whether that's bringing someone up from the youth squad or, or using his know-how in a, in a transfer market, which should, be, which should be fresh news to us as we've not had a manager who's done that for nine years, and sign a player of good quality that's, you know, you look at the strikers in Rooney and Cosgrove, they were two 20-a-goal-a-season strikers, some we've not had since, we obviously mentioned Lafferty for, for one season, and then we just got rid of him because Rangers wanted him. Um and we've not had we've not had two. Well, I couldn't tell you other than laughing. The last time we had a twenty goal season strike. Obviously, I know we've got Boyce now, and that we can hopefully fingers crossed uh, he becomes that striker for us next season. Because if not, then we really are in trouble. Um, but but I, I'm of the same uh, mindset of Gordon that I do think Alec Neil of the two because they they really are the two names that are on every fan's lips at the moment in Neil and, and McKenzie. And I think Neil is, I think obviously the more attractive of the two options because I think. Um, People are people probably look at the way Aberdeen were playing, especially in the last couple of years with McInnes, and think, you know, it's bad enough watching shout football now. I, I know McInnes would definitely guarantee more results than, than Nielsen and Levine had been able to. Um, but I think there is an element that fans do want to watch good football, of course. But it's something that Stendhal managed to at least bring in. You were never there was never a dull moment, uh, no matter what game you were watching with Daniel Stendhal in charge. And I think maybe that would be of the same idea with, with Alec Neil. You would you would watch a different brand of football. Some would at least be more appealing on the eye, uh, and as and as Gordon rightly said, by Hamilton, I think for a time, if I'm not mistaken, they were actually top of the table after a number of weeks. I don't think he, I think it was after their their good start, maybe 10, 11 games or something. Um, so so you, you know you you can't say. I think people might think that Alec Neil might be out of our our um out of our budget because he's been down in England, and the money down there is astronomical compared to up here, but. You know, why wouldn't he want to come and manage Hearts? You know, I think Hearts are a huge, as we know, Hearts are a huge club, uh, a club that would maybe get him back on uh, a possibility of moving down south again because it's so hard to find jobs down there. And you see managers now, especially, taking a job in Scotland and then getting a job down south after it. And Hearts would be a, a, a huge stepping stone for him. And I think it would be a lucrative job for him. And... Uh, yeah, maybe the one thing that would maybe won't stop him is that um, would he have free reign over transfers? You don't know really, do you? I mean, we know Joe Savage is in that job. I mean, I hope that he can, he can have some sort of inspiration with 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 Alec Neil or with whoever would be manager because 
previous regime was clearly not working. And you can maybe argue after the last two transfer windows that Nielsen's had, <laughs> it's not really much has changed. Um, but yeah, I think f- for me, Neil would be the option, but I certainly wouldn't be, dis- I wouldn't be angered or disappointed were McInnes to get the job. But I mean, if we have, if nothing changes at the top, then you can rule those names out because they're not coming to harps at the end of the day. If, if the hierarchy is who it is right now and that doesn't change in the next wee while, you can forget it, I'm afraid. Calvin, the next appointment needs to be the right one, though, if Nielsen does leave. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I still think it's probably a moot point, like David's just sort of said at the end there, because I still, I'm, unless we absolutely bottle the league from here, Robbie Nielsen will be Hearts manager come August. Like, there's, I just don't see it happening. I'm maybe just going to depress everyone on this because you get excited about talking about new managers, but but you're right, and I think the two mentioned would be would be in that mould. I think what you were saying, Ross, about McInnes at Aberdeen when he first came in, Aberdeen were in, it's almost like the sort of season before last with us where they were in a sort of terminal decline for year on year, and I think maybe one or two more years of that would have seen Aberdeen drop down a division, and McInnes came in, he sort of turned, and he turned them round pretty quick. Like They went from being, I think, 10th to 3rd in a season, and narrowly, narrowly missed out on 2nd, I think the last day of the season, they narrowed missed out on second. So he's got a track record. The the the, the sort of criticism that Gordon levied on are fair, very fair, and it almost seems like he's just Nielsen, but with more results. And that that I can I can see why a lot of fans are apprehensive on that. But if you look at what Aberdeen have been over the last eight years, they've been in Europe every season. They've finished above us every season. They've been cup semis just about every season, if not the odd final here and there as well. I think if you offered anybody that right now, they'd bite your hand off for it, rightly so, and maybe he could kick on further with Hearts. I feel there's, there's more in place at Hearts, and this is what's probably frustrating me more than anything, is there's more in place at Hearts for a manager to flourish than at Aberdeen. Because Aberdeen still need to do the stadium upgrade. They still need the new training centre. They don't get anywhere near the fans we do. They don't have anywhere near the financial might as we do. I mean, the fact that in the championship and our wage bill is bigger than them shows it. So maybe he could go that one step further with Hearts. They didn't manage Aberdeen. And I think with Aberdeen fans, they, they wanted rid of him in the end, but I think it was just a sort of acceptance that he had he had reached the limit with Aberdeen. There was there was no way that he could drive them forward. But are they really happy with getting rid of Derek McInnes for Stephen Glass? Like are they are they going to be looking at that as a bit of a dodgy move? Alex Neil would get the fans excited. I don't think there's many fans out there aside from the very delusional who think they can appoint someone like Arsene Wenger, who wouldn't be really excited Alex Neil. I think he's he done a great job at Hamilton, done an f- unbelievable job at Norwich. Fair enough, he got relegated again, but Norwich, it's one of those clubs that they probably shouldn't have been in the Premier League. I think he was almost a victim of his own success at Norwich, but he got them promoted maybe a season too early. Like, he came in at Norwich to steady the ship and got them up through the playoffs. And maybe he could have done another year in the Championship. To sort of, and then he had four years at Preston. Now, for any manager to survive a club in the Championship for four years is quite, is quite a feat in itself. But you're just not really sure what's happened with him and Joe Savage. Are they, like, Obviously, he had Joe Savage at Norwich, I believe. And then Savage, I don't know if he went to Preston before Neil and took Neil to Preston or or what. But then for Savage to leave Neil to stay, there might be something there. I'd like to think Joe Savage is sounding him out right now. But I just, as we've talked this entire podcast, the, the board the board just seem incapable of making these decisions. So I'm not going to get excited until something happens. See, that, 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 that's the thing as well, Calvin. You know what I mean? Like, Joe Savage was brought in after Robbie Nielsen was appointed. You know what I mean? If you're going to bring in a sporting director, right, 
why and, and you want him to have a say not only in transfers but in how the football department run then surely you bring him in before you bring a manager in and that's what just always pissed me off you know what I mean it, it just goes back to, to Anne Budges where you know she's got to make the decisions and 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 but you know it's someone else's fault then end of the day that should never have been allowed to happen she always spoken about you know how the structure of the club was going to change and that you know somebody was going to come in and, and help with the football department and all this sort of thing why on earth wasn't you know he appointed before Robbie Nielsen you know so if if he has any credibility and he's got any say in the job and the role it's set and he's not just another yes man then I'm sorry he should be the one that makes the decision on hiring and firing the manager and surely he can sit there and watch these games and think, well, this is great. Hey, this is what I signed up for. He surely must be sitting there, especially someone who isn't emotionally attached to the football club, right? Surely he says to himself, this clearly isn't good enough for even, you know, the, you know, even a bottom half team. This is ridiculous, this style of football. Nobody can sit there and think that this is easy on the eye. So surely he must say to himself, yeah, I think I think we do need to change it around. I don't think Nielsen's the man, um, particularly when you're you're coming out with results against Highland League teams. You know, here, Mrs. Budge, I've got somebody I can bring in um, who's got a really good pedigree, knows the Scottish game, and who can actually take the club on to the next level. Alex Neil, let's appoint him now and kick on. Looking ahead to the the next few games, is uh, what if we lose to Queen of the South? Is it completely? Everybody stop thinking about buying their season tickets. Um, you know, let, let's get, let's take our money out the foundation hearts, or, or, or will we just continue to let this happen? And well, I think there's going to be the, the problem we've got this year is so unique in that when we are finally allowed to go back to a football stadium, everyone's going to be so desperate about the football that there'll be that bounce anyway. So I, I think she again has gone to really she might get away with this because of because of the circumstances. Like I, I know for a fact, like if the second I'm allowed to go back to Tancast, I'll be there regardless of the football and show, but that'll only last for for so many weeks. I think if we were to lose on Saturday, then surely, surely that is untenable. You can't follow up. At, I mean, I mean, you, I, I keep saying this if you can follow up this result with anything that, that redeems them from last night. Nothing can redeem them from last night, but if he follows up with defeat to Queen of the South at home, then that has to be it. It has to be current. It's, I mean, you can count on what four games we've played well this season: Hibs in the League Cup, Dundee in the opening game, Queen of the South at home earlier, and the Cup final. That's it. It was it was quite interesting his comments though yesterday, um, how he said you know there's players in there that um, aren't fit to, to lead the club forward and all that sort of thing. How's it taken him this long to realise that? And by the way, we know who he's talking about. You know, he's talking about Pierre Harren. He's talking about um, Jamie Walker, I think. You know, I think uh, I don't think he trusts Walker. And, you know, although he's came off the bench and, and saved him a few times recently, I still don't think he thinks Walker's the man near to that. But um, and you know, you see by his performance last night, you know, you think he would be the standout. You know, because let's not let's not just talk about the manager here. I mean, I know the manager will take the brunt of the 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 criticism and rightly so but those players are not fit to wear the shirt every single one of them were a disgrace last night and you've got you know your usual suspects better in there as well yes he scored but I'm sorry he was where was he for the first goal in particular 
And then the second one's just a ball into the box that nobody deals with. A.D. White's, a, you know, absolutely ridiculous how he was anywhere near the, the starting 11. Um, and then, you know, you've got, you know, Walker in the middle of the park who was ineffective. Nanda Lee done absolutely nothing. You know, boys couldn't get into the game in the second half when he came on. GMS was anonymous. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's just you look through that team and you name these players and, you know, they're picked up constantly as being decent players who are going to, you know, it's only a matter of time before they come they come on fire again. But they're not. They're shite. Every single one of them. They're honestly a disgrace to the shirt and they're not fit to wear it. And um, and unfortunately, it's, it's another huge rebuilding job and you need to get a manager in there who sees that. And I think Nielsen probably does see it. But in my opinion... You know his judgment is flawed as, as well, so I, I, it shouldn't it shouldn't be trusted. Well, the Scottish media really should hang their heads in shame because let's be honest, Daniel Stendhal was no idiot. He got rid of half of these frauds because he knew they weren't fit, good enough to be uh, playing for Harps, and he got absolutely hounded out for it because it, again it was folk like I mean it was embarrassing. Better mind went just after he got told he wasn't no longer in Stendhal's plan. He had a fucking interview with STV and was talking about, oh, you know, my wedding's coming up and all this and all that and getting getting the heartstrings pulled for him. Well, I'm sorry, he wasn't good enough to play at the club for the year before that. And then Stendhal, clearly, it took him two minutes to see that he wasn't good enough. Took him one game, he's like, aye, okay, he's not in my plans because he's clearly shite. And then Nielsen's obviously, because he's his pal again, has been allowed a second chance, well, for me, a third chance at this club. And it's clearly, again, shown that he's not good enough. And, like, and again, the other frauds like Walker and the rest of them. So, uh, yeah. I think every Hearts fan was with agreement in Stendhal that these players shouldn't have been at the club. They were given another chance and they failed again. Remember, Shock David. Honor. Remember, David. Five lives. Oh, no, it's it's more than that because he's had fucking five shockers already this season. Should be about 20, I think, he's, uh, he's been given. Idiot. <laughs> I think we'll end there. Thank you um, all for joining me uh, today. Um Hopefully we've got something less negative to talk about next week, but no doubt it will be slightly negative. Until then, goodbye.